Welcome to the Destiny Leaders Podcast, where we are dedicated to developing the leader in you. Well, hello and welcome everyone to the Destiny Leaders Podcast today. This is Jared Moss with Destiny Leaders, and I'm so excited that you've taken a couple of moments out of your day to jump in and grow in your leadership along with us on this podcast. Every couple of weeks, we release an episode on a Tuesday morning, and we're talking leadership and life and ministry and everything in between. And uh, This week, we have the awesome opportunity to continue an interview that we released the first part of a couple of weeks ago with Pastor Doug Gurasik. Doug is the lead pastor of Rust City Church in Youngstown, Ohio, a thriving multi-site congregation there. And it's just been an incredible opportunity to get to sit down with him, with Dr. Phil Brassfield, and uh, hear his heart, pick his brain, and get to hear his philosophies and systems and uh, thought processes regarding the local church. And we know that if you listened a couple weeks ago, you were tremendously blessed. We've heard so much great feedback from the first installment of this episode with Pastor Doug. And today we're going to jump right back into that conversation where we left off a couple of weeks ago uh, to complete the interview. And so if you haven't yet, go back and listen to part one. And if you have, we hope that you'll uh, grab a pen and some paper, take some mental notes and uh, get ready to learn something today. And before we jump into the episode, though, we always want to invite you to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, uh, share this episode with a friend if it's encouraged you. And of course, subscribe. It helps us a lot. And I just want to thank you again for taking a moment to jump in with us on the Destiny Leaders podcast now. Get ready. Enjoy the episode. Just a side note, uh, are your campuses video campuses? How, how do you guys handle that? Do you, uh, or, and if they're not, how often do you get to them, et cetera? I know there's several multi-campus folks that are listening probably. It'd be helpful yeah. to them. They'd, that would be a question they'd have. Well, since the beginning of our church with 14 people, it was in my heart from day one to not build this church on me. It comes a little bit from my past, comes a little bit from different things I saw. I just made a decision. This wasn't going to be the Doug Gorasic show. So I have been constantly building a teaching team. I have two other guys, Brad Tarleton and Nathan Pearson, some of my best friends on the planet. They've been with me for years. Um, Brad with me for eight years. He was, he said yes to Jesus at our church, water baptized, youth pastor, the whole thing. He is now a teaching pastor. And Nathan and I work together at another church. We've been friends for 10 plus years. They're better preachers than me any day of the week. Those guys are phenomenal. They can just clearly give the word of God. And so we have been on a journey where we are teaching pastors. I only preach at Russ City uh, approximately 25 times a year. Um, we rotate campuses. So I'll be at one, then the next week I'll be at another, and then the third week I'll be at another. And we rotate. And there's a couple of things that makes this really great. One, the church isn't built on me. So if anything ever happens to me, even though I've been the driving force of it, they need to replace a teaching pastor, not the whole entire, what people would call the show on Sunday morning. Right. Um, I believe my church gets a more well-rounded expression of the gospel. Uh, they're hearing it from trusted voices that see scripture in, a, in, in somewhat of a different perspective than me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all wrote about the same thing. Yeah, of course. Amen. Um, and it allows me 
to really craft a great message that I can take on the road at each one of my campuses. So the burden, uh, some guys really get their strokes on message prep and that's great. I love that. And, and I, and I, and those guys, I watch them and then take a lot of their material. So thank you for the amount of time you put into developing preaching. Um, it's not the thing that excites me the most about ministry. And so I find it to be more of a burden for me to get in an office alone and message prep. I feel more free to be developing leadership, staff, connecting, helping. Um, I enjoy that part of ministry. Uh, and so I understand though, I have a gift to communicate. And so, and it's part of what I need to do to continue to have the influence I need to develop our church. And yeah. so it's such a relief for me to work on really one to two messages a month and be able to craft and communicate them at all of my locations live. And the location that we do our broadcast from when we need to, whoever's speaking that weekend, that's now the podcast for our church. And so it just works really. It's, I'm not, I don't ever try to sell it to anybody. It's us. It works for us. I saw parts of it from different churches and it excited me. And, and, and I said this when you and I were at the round table in Akron, I'll just say it again for this audience. Um, I heard Brian Houston say one time, learn how to cook with ingredients. Don't steal recipes. And his whole philosophy was his grandma made a meatloaf that no matter his mom, his sister, his wife, they would use the same recipe, but it was something about grandma's oven and her, how she did it. And maybe things she didn't write down that it made it taste a certain way. And none of the other women in his life, their meatloaf could, could taste like grandma's. Yeah. But, so what he said was, don't try to rip the recipe, try to learn the ingredients that she cooks with. And I have felt like what we've done is we have looked at so many recipes. We love learning from other churches. But in reality is we're not trying to steal the recipe. We're trying to learn ingredients that we were cooking with to build a better kitchen for our community. Amen. That's awesome. Such a great analogy. And, and it does take some pressure off too, because if I can learn how to cook, it's more like, you know, don't follow a recipe, learn how to cook. Learn how to cook. Yeah. yeah. And if you can cook and it's good, people are going to come and you're right. going to pick this ingredient and that ingredient. I, I get it. I think it's a great analogy. And who wants to go to, who wants to go to a restaurant where all you did was just steal the recipes from Outback for your steakhouse. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. They want the chef to do what the chef does, you know, and that's what makes it attractional. And, and I've just always encouraged when I've gotten to coach pastors, help pastors, I say, listen, you can have all of our playbook. We'll give it all to you. Yeah. But just taking it and re-implementing does not, just because you got the golden goose, you still got to lay the egg. <laughs> you better figure out how it works for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm curious, Pastor Doug, so you were talking about how y'all do altar calls and give gifts, and that's yeah. how you uh, begin to identify people that have made decisions, and I love what you said about, you know, moving people from, uh, how, how is it you said that, a momentary decision to... Yeah, yeah uh, we want you to go from a one-time decision to a lifetime disciple. So cool. So um, next steps, assimilation, getting people um, obviously discipled and then volunteering is a big deal, obviously, to pastors. Yeah. So would you just elaborate just for about another moment on what's the difference? I think you said y'all have a starting point, then that takes them to their next steps. What's, what is the trajectory for someone who just raised their hand beyond getting that gift for you guys? Yeah. So we have a, we would call it a very clear funnel of discipleship. Mm -hmm. We like to say to be unclear is to be unkind. Wow. So even if you've been a Christ follower for more years than I've been alive and you can verse by verse recite the Bible to me, 
Mm-hmm. And when you speak, doves fly and land on your shoulders. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is so evident, present into your life. You will still go through the next step process that everyone goes through. So good. It's just one of those things. And here's why. If, if you're sitting here, you go, yeah, but you don't understand. People aren't going to like that. Here's what I'd say to the audience that member who feels that way. If, it, if they are going to get nothing out of it, they at least become an advocate for others who go through it. Right. Yeah. So, so I have a guy in my mind right now for my church. I'm sure everyone can think of that guy who is like walks on water in your church. And you're thinking there's no way they're going to go to a 101 class. This is so beneath them. The cell is not you need this. The cell is I need you to maybe teach this someday. Wow. I need you to advocate this. I need you to help us celebrate it. How can you celebrate something you haven't even gone through? Yeah. And so I would encourage you. It's a clear step. You have to define your clear step process to be unclear, to be unkind. And basically what we say is we don't advertise anything else on the weekend, but come to our 101. We call it starting point. We're not going to tell you, you're going to learn about your next steps at the next thing you go to. Mm -hmm. And so all we're trying to do is take this thousands of people and get them into about 30 to 50 a month going through a pipe. And in that, and it's, you know, for us, it's catered. We do food. It's a couple hours after our, our, our third morning service. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an event. It's a party. Everything we do, we live by two statements. Everything we do, we make it fun. And everything we do, you can start where you are. Yeah. So that, that's kind of our measure on if something can live in our church. And so they go to that. They hear some very simple things. What was salvation? I know that sounds trivial, but let's just really dissect it. And at their tables, they get a chance to then really get saved if they didn't do that just yet. Wow, that's good. Um, why, what is water baptism and why you should do it? And at their tables, they get to sign up for the next water baptism. There's a reason why I water baptize about two to 300 people a year. They all come from my starting point class. Yeah. I'm hearing a very simple 15 minutes and a testimony on why you should get water baptized. And then around the table with facilitators, hey, do you want to do it next time? Yeah, let's sign you up on this card. And we're going to get you going. Yeah. And then thirdly, why does God love the local church so much? And here's something that I find to be really important. And, and listen, this might say, pa- Pastor, please forgive me. Edit this out if this is too offensive and you're like, let's just cut this from here and we'll just not. We don't want to upset people. <clears throat> online church is great. The guys who have the best online churches, I watch them too. That cannot be church for you. That can right. be inspiring for you. That can be life-giving for you. That is not church. Church is when you're in the hospital and your pastor shows up there for you. Yeah. And the small group shows up or whoever it is. Church is leaning on some people to help you get through life. Yeah. Um, that is enjoying the gospel. That's not church. Mm-hmm. And so we spend a whole segment in our starting point defending the need for the local church. That's so yes. good. Yes. And basically what we say is you can watch all that stuff. That's great. We do too. But that is not church. And you have to find yourself in a great local church. We would love for you to pick here, but that's, and if you want to pick here, here's your next step. Take our, our 201, which is called Next, which is all about the DNA culture and membership of our church. Now, on that and, 201, do you do a few weeks or just one week, kind of like you did starting point? One time, and it's through the whole course of the morning services. Wow, okay. And here's why. During the breaks, we let you go simulate serve in different departments. That's so cool. You, you actually get to test serving in the parking lot team. Good. Test serving with hospitality. And here's the other thing. I'll give you, I'll give you a real sticking point because you're going to, if people really want to learn some nuts and bolts, here's what I'm going to tell you. At the 201, we're going to ask you to commit to three things. Come weekly, 
serve monthly, give faithfully. Now let me unpackage that. Come weekly. Basically what that means is we know vacations happens and kids get sick. That's, that's life. We get it. But if you wake up on a Sunday morning, look at your spouse and say, should we go to church today? You should not join leadership right now. Mm-hmm. If you're asking that question on Sunday morning, this is not the right time for you to join leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can want to be here when you can be here. Secondly, we want you to serve monthly. Within a month, you should serve at least once, preferably twice, at most three times. Now, anyone can pick their culture of what they define as a win. I have a friend who's killing it in Minnesota. They want their volunteers serving every week, and they cater food, massages, gifts. They're all out for it. And I think that's amazing. <laughs> I would serve every week if you'd give me massages, yeah. food, and yeah. like, sign me up. But right now, we don't have it. He has rooms built just for that, and he's killing it. Um, you got to define it, but somewhere you're going to serve and be held accountable to serve. And the third one is give faithfully. And now here's where the rubber meets the road. We have, we have already pulled, when you signed up to go to that class, we have pulled a sheet with your giving already on it. We know if you have given ever in our church, how often you have given in our church. In the application that you fill out your name, where you want to serve, background check stuff, there's a segment for you to sign up for reoccurring giving, which is automated giving. If you have never given or your giving is so sporadic, it's like once a year, we cannot process your application without dealing with this issue. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. Now, we're not going to force you to tithe, but you've got to give something. Mm-hmm. And I take that segment on video to everyone who's on that in that class. Where I don't let the facilitator handle that moment, I handle the why and the ask on that moment. That's so good. This is why we do this. Yeah. And every person you see with a name tag on is a giver. We know that without a doubt. That's fantastic. And yeah. our church just went from good to great financially. Just by getting those who say they belong to participate in generosity. Yeah, I love that. I, honestly, and that's going to be, again, so helpful to the audience. I know it's with such great interest. And, you know, I love one of the things you, you mentioned, if I understood it right, about the, uh, the starting point. Yeah. That's all they're committing to at that point. It's not like, okay, we have five weeks or four weeks. It's like, okay, let's just get you there to starting point. Yeah. And then we're going to get you signed up for the next step. Yeah. You know, I love the way you said that. And I think that's a really cool uh, take yeah. on that and, and very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff. Okay. So let's move, let's move on. I, I'd, we'd love to talk all day about it and we could, and I'm taking notes here on the side. <laughs> These questions you know, presented to me so often, you know, and it really helps. Thank you for sharing that, uh, that yeah. intel and that, that inside look behind the scenes. Uh, but let's kind of move forward here. Another question that I had that came to mind is like, what are a couple of decisions in the de- development of this church? What are a couple of decisions that you've made that you're excited about today that you made that decision then? And then maybe if one comes to mind, it's like, wow, I made that decision. I'd like to have it back and I'll never <laughs> Let's get, Those, two, let's get the two sides of that coins. The, 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 the bad side's much easier because it's, it's a pain threshold of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I go back and change that in a heartbeat. Um, the, I mentioned a little bit of it up front with the teaching team development from the get-go. That was a decision that we have just felt like has paid dividends for us. Um, I, there's, there's so I mean, there's just so many things that I'm so proud. We have always found ways to be super creative financially. We love to say we're big on a budget. That's one of our little, little isms around here. We're big on a budget. And we, from the first day, always said, we know we can afford this, but how could we do this in a way that allows 
us to get creative. You know, the first idea on the table usually isn't the most creative idea. It's just the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I want to challenge any pastors who feel really tight financially right now that are watching any leaders. Um, stop looking at scarcity the wrong way. Scarcity is an invitation for creativity. That's good. And I feel like so many times guys are, they feel like God has abandoned them because finances are tight. I sometimes think that some of the greatest blessings we've had is when we are backwards against the wall financially, we didn't know how we we're going to pull something off. And we got to idea four, five, and six. And all of a sudden we said, whoa, God, this is something we have never thought of before. I love marketing. I, if I wasn't doing this, I would want to do something with, 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 with product, advertising, marketing. I love just branding something. I, it's so much fun for me. We wanted to get the word out on our church and we just couldn't figure out a way to do it with how much stuff cost billboards and mailers and you know, yeah, absolutely expensive. So we did two things up front that I thought were really innovative at the time. Now you got to go back a few years. It maybe not isn't as innovative to people today. We found that for every person that would check in on social media, we are going to donate five dollars in groceries to, to the local food bank for every check-in we got we went from hundreds of check-ins which equated to thousands of dollars in groceries that we were able to give its missional dollars to all this social media buzz happening constantly about our church and i would see the check-ins and see all the comments of people saying i wanted to go there tell me about it because it was like their friend was giving them credibility for it and i was doing mission dollars in the process so talk about killing marketing mission and, and, and two birds and one stone yeah another one we did is we still do this every year and we love it we call it free decal weekend on our birthday we give every car that wants it a free decal that we put on while you're in service you pull up we have a team out there they put a little piece of tape where you want it and we make sure it's level. Pastors, that's important. Don't let your own people put them on because it's going to pain you when you see these crooked decals on cars if you're at, o at all OCD like me. Um, so we bless them, put them on, clean their windshield while they're doing it. And now, even if people stop going to your church, it's funny how they don't take the decals off their cars. Um, I will see hundreds, if not thousands of decals of our church. It's free billboard driving around. That's and it cost me a dollar a decal to get these printed. Wow, that's great. And, and so my point being is if, 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 if there's a pastor saying, well, I can't afford mailers like the big churches. I can't do the billboards. I can't do the blah, blah, blah. The scarcity can birth creativity if you let it. Absolutely. So let it. And so I would say something that we've won on and I'm very proud of is we refuse, even though our budget is a lot bigger, even though, you know, we have more employees than most churches do, I am at the place where I refuse to allow the bigness to change who we are. Yes, yes. We just love the grind and the hustle to discover new ideas. You bet, you bet. What a powerful culture it has become. I mean, that's the, that's the issue. And yeah. here's the cool thing. I'm not just the one driving that now because once it's coming off of me to the team, every meeting we do, this is this little nugget for somebody who wants to do meetings and invite people to give ideas. Every meeting we do for a brainstorm for Christmas, I ask every person to show up with their good, better, best idea. Good is under a hundred bucks. Better is around 500. Best is over a thousand. Cause that idea just for their department, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, it's going to cost us four grand to do an orchestra at Christmas. Well, 
What can we do? Well, we can get these Bob, we can get um we can get these uh, university students at the school. <laughs> They'll do it for free because they need credits. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, let's look at it. Um, and so I just we everyone knows the show up at a meeting. Good, better, best. Hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, over a thousand for that their ideas that they're going to present. Don't just give me your five thousand dollar idea and think that well he doesn't want to grow. <laughs> it's like, come on, man! Like, cause you added up with like the kids department with this department with this department, I would be at thirty thousand dollars if I did that. You know, that might just not be where I can afford, but we can afford maybe this. And so let's now see which ones are the best ideas that should get the best. You know. Wow, that's such honestly such great stuff. We're going to have to do this again. Honestly, yeah. we're, about, we're about out of time. We're going to have to do this again because I know I know our leadership group, and I know that they're going to eat this up. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful for Thank you, time, Pastor Doug, and sharing. And and as we kind of turn down the home stretch and just wrap here for a few minutes, a couple things. Uh, first of all, a, a leader who's who is on staff not necessarily a church planner, not necessarily a senior pastor, because we have a, our culture is comprised and we are a community yeah. of Christian leaders, not just a senior pastors network. And so there are students listening, there are alumni, there are people who are serving. We're all serving. That's our whole mantra. As you heard at the Akron connect is about yeah. serving. Uh, why don't you give, give uh, our audience a, a suggestion, maybe just one nugget Look, if you're going to in, if you're going to in, advance your leadership life and you're going to experience more of God, this is one thing you don't want to forget. How, how about that? Is there is there something that comes to mind for you that just that you would want as a takeaway? I mean, there's a lot of stuff they're going to take away from our time together yeah. today. But one parting comment that you would want to sow into their hearts, no matter what they're doing. Right. I would I would encourage every person to consider this on their journey. Serve faithfully and let God bring the promotion in your life. As a senior pastor, here's what I know without a doubt. I notice those that serve faithfully and don't complain in the process of serving. You might think that nobody notices. When it is your time, the amount of favor you're gonna get is gonna be unbelievable. Amen. And too many times young leaders get caught in this. If I'm not getting constantly acknowledged, if I'm not getting constantly built up, if I'm not the center of attention, and what they allow, they allow the devil to just root in this bitterness and offense over the most trivial things. He didn't say hi to me this morning when he walked in. So, and when you actually say it out loud, it's so dumb, but it happens. Yes. And I watch too many talented, gifted, anointed leaders that God is about to use in such a big platform squander it because they are trying to force the game to happen instead of letting the game happen in their life. Mm -hmm. Your pastor will see it. Somebody will see it and they will give you that moment. And here's a better thing. When they come to you for it, it's like this unmerited favor on your life. It's like, they're so grateful that you've proven yourself faithful over that time. I have a worship leader at one of our campuses. Without a doubt, she's the most talented of all the worship leaders we have. She has been in a very small role for a long time. She never complained about it. And now she is getting unbelievable favor and access in our church. And it's because I never got a whiff of an attitude. Wow. Yeah. She just, she was just, she, you know why? Cause she says, God is my source, not my pastor. Mm -hmm. And God gives a promotion, not my pastor. And so when God wants to reveal to him, it's God's season in my life. Wow. And too many young leaders just don't get that. And they're forcing the game. Yes. Blessing. 
Kind of like my quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who just keeps pressing that ball and he needs to slow it down a little bit, okay? Baker, yeah. if you're watching, hear me, buddy. Just slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> Let the game come to you and watch the doors that are going to open. I, I have never written a resume. I have never tried to get a job at a ministry position. I have just been faithful to what God has put in front of me and he continues to add the promotions in my life. Amen. Such great advice. Such great advice. Well, thank you so much, Pastor yeah. Doug, for the time today. And uh, you've been listening to the Destiny Leaders Podcast. We've been talking to Pastor Doug Garasic from uh, Rush City Church in Youngstown, Ohio. He's brought an amazing download of incredible information. And uh, I know that you've enjoyed it. You're going to tell your friends. I know. Hey, listen, you need to get out to the destinyleaders.com website. Check out their podcast and make sure you don't miss that last podcast with Pastor Doug Garasic. Thanks so much, Pastor Doug. It's Thank been a you, blast. And your voice is going to be one that I know is going to be frequently heard. Uh, you've written a book. Tell us about your new book. Yeah, I wrote a book uh, this year, 2019, if you're listening. And it was, uh, it's called Wayside, The Last Place You Expect to Find God. And it's based out of the story of Blind Bartimaeus and how he went on this incredible journey with Jesus and Mark and really had this moment where the wayside represents a place where you would never expect anything good to happen. Old English word was actually waste. And so he was sitting in the sewage waste side or ditch irrigation going out of Rome and he's sitting in other people's crap. I don't know how many of us have felt like we've been sitting in other people's mess wow. before. And all of a sudden Jesus is walking by and his whole life has radically changed. And I feel like there's many of us out there. We have family members, friends, loved ones who are stuck in their own wayside. And it's the last place you expect to find God, but usually that's where he shows up. Wow. And here's what I learned through the book, that God will take me in my mess. And here's what he does. My, his mercy is greater than my mess. And that's who Jesus is. And so the book came out. It's been awesome. I was so humbled that I went number one on Amazon when it first got released. It was so cool. And we have seen so much positive feedback. We've got curriculum for pastors and small groups, all that kind of stuff to uh, just really bless the church with it and hopefully help some people realize that that wayside is not where God intended for them to stay. Wow. Fantastic. So it's a really comprehensive resource. You have the book and then you have the small groups and the curriculum. And what's yeah. the name of the book again? Give it to us one more time. Wayside, the last place you expect to find God. Wayside. Awesome. Listen, where can people get it? Is it mostly it's on Amazon or my website, my name, com. Okay, fantastic. Well, there you have it. Make sure you pick up Pastor Doug's new book. It'll bless you. Welcome to the Destiny Group, and uh, we're looking forward to all that you uh, and your experience bring to us and our covenant family. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Destiny Leaders Podcast, where we're absolutely committed to developing the leader in you. Thank you for listening to the Destiny Leaders Podcast. If this episode has inspired you in any way, we'd love for you to take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like a copy of today's show notes, visit destinyleaders.com forward slash show notes. Join us next time as we continue to develop the leader in you. Oh,